What's up, Ego Hackers? This is C.S. Joseph, and this is the C.S. Joseph Podcast. This is Season 25, Episode 3. We've been discussing cognitive asynchronicity on a consistent basis, and uh, as a result of that, um, it's been an interesting ride uh, as we're delving into a new area of uh, socionics um, that I haven't really discussed that much uh, throughout uh, the material. There are a lot of areas of socionics that I consistently criticize, and one of those areas um, is relating to the idea of compatibility versus camaraderie. Socionics often uh, claims that uh, you know opposites attract, they have this thing called duality, and duality to them, like so for example, like I'm an ENTP, my highest uh, compatibility person according to socionics would be like an ISFJ, or with an ENTJ it would be an ISFP, or with an INTP it would be an ESFJ. But the reality of the situation is that these are polar opposites, and, it, and eventually we'll get to the point where they just you know, straight up hate each other and can't stand each other, and it is not sustainable for a relationship. And that is due to cognitive asynchronicity, which is what season 25 is all about. So we're going to be going into the uh, next section of uh, cognitive asynchronicity right now. Uh, so that is season 25, episode uh, 3. And uh, it might be a little bit loud in the background, but uh, got uh, some, uh, I don't know, giggly girls or something in the background here. I'm not sure what they're doing, so hopefully... Uh, my microphone doesn't freak out too much. So, uh, and got the uh, trusty uh, whiteboard right here uh, for what this is basically explaining. Hopefully, it's not like reversed or completely backwards of me showing it because that would be embarrassing AF, but you know, it is what it is. It may be backwards. I hope it's not. In the picture, it's backwards, which means hopefully, like when the video is finally produced, uh, it's actually forwards. And that's really important to me, so that, like, you can read it. So, anywho, uh, so we are aware of cognitive access and how experted sensing and introverted intuition are both on an axis with each other, which means in the ego, uh, which would be the top four cognitive functions of anyone's mind, uh, if you have extroverted sensing, you also have introverted intuition and vice versa. They are polar opposites. And how it works, and it comes out in our sentences, is when people say, I want uh, what you are doing. I want to do what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I want to do it too. You know, it's kind of like this mirroring effect. Or, um, or I want to do this thing. Uh, you should do it with me. Et cetera. And they're try they either want to create shared experiences or they see experiences that other people are having, so they want to participate, basically. It's like the participation uh, axis, uh, cognitive axis, etc. Gosh, I really hope this microphone is not going to freak out on me too much. Let's just adjust it right there, and hopefully that works for us. So extroverted sensing likes to focus on what is realistic. Now, folks, don't forget that just because something is realistic doesn't mean it's real. Okay, so you extroverted sensors out there, you don't actually have a monopoly on what is real. So, like, stop thinking that that's the case, because you don't. You don't really know because extroverted sensing is just as subjective, hypersubjective as extroverted intuition. Although I could say that extroverted intuition is a little bit more subjective than extroverted sensing, they are both subjective. Okay, introverted intuition, however, is actually far more 
objective, okay? And because of how objective it is, uh, because people, it's objective because a person, an individual knows what they want. They know what their goal is. They know um, they're going to get their way, you know? A child that really has to get their way, they're usually an introverted intuitive, for example, or any human being that's just trying to get their way, they're an introverted intuitive, okay, from this form of psychology. Like, that's how it works, right? So it goes, uh, you know, they're always aware of, like, what my goal is or what my path is or what my way is. So, like, I, I got to get my way. That's an introverted intuitive. The next word sensor, they're trying to figure out what other, how other people are reacting to them. They want to give other people a good experience so that, and have people react to them positively because an expert sensor wants people to stick around for them. Whereas an expert intuitive wants people to desire them, expert sensors just want people to stick around. Why? It's because expert sensors have introvert intuition. They know they want to get their way, but sometimes when they get their way, when they get what they want, it creates bad experiences or bad consequences for other people around them, which can cause those people to not want to stick around or not want to be around them when the extroverted sensor exercises their own introverted intuition, freedom of choice. So the difference is, is that this is why like SP types, they have no con they have no idea what the consequences of their actions are. They assume they know because they know how things react to them, but that doesn't mean they actually know the consequences of the long-term effects. They see the immediate effects, which are the reactions, but the long-term effects is expert intuition, which are also known as consequences. So it's reactions versus consequences. They're not aware of expert intuitive consequences or actions. This is why there's more SPs in jail than anyone else, because they're just not aware. It doesn't even occur to them that there could be long-term consequences to their own actions and with them exercising their own freedom of choice, which is why society often locks them up and takes away their freedom of choice because they're irresponsible with their freedom of choice because they're not aware of the consequences to their own actions. That's literally what that means. So, because to them, they're just focusing on realism. They're focusing on the expert sensing, the realism, and they just they just don't really get it, okay? Uh, and, and, and the immediate reactions. And they assume that reactions, immediate reactions, are the same thing as long-term consequences when it is not the case. So, but what they need is, is people to be willing to stick around even when they exercise their free will. Because when they exercise their introvert intuition free will, because that's what introvert intuition is, it's free will. It's literally what free will is. Cognitively speaking, psychically speaking, that they just don't—they just don't get it. They don't—they don't understand that, like, when they exercise their own free will, they could be potentially creating a mess of consequences for other people to clean up. They're literally creating obstacles. They're creating responsibilities for others every time they exercise their personal freedom. All introverted intuitives behave this way. So. So that's why they need to be have SI users to be willing to stick around the extroverted sensors so that they can have the opportunity to exercise their personal freedom, right? And that's why SPs end up being in compatible relationships with high SI users, you know, from a compatibility standpoint. But compatibility, like what we've been talking about, carries the risk of enabling. People can be enabled. They could also create the risk of codependency. Whereas S, E, and I users can end up being in codependent, enabling relationships or friendships or sexual relationships with S, I, N, E users. That's a problem, okay? And they're not really going to see it. 
So what they need is someone with high camaraderie, a second pair of eyes to come to that person who's in a codependent, abusive, uh, um, enabling relationship, right? And not enable them. Because that's what camaraderie is for. Camaraderie is your opposites. It doesn't mean opposites attract. They are your opposites to provide you challenge so you don't end up le leading a codependent, enable -ridden, enabling ridden life where you basically are putting shackles on yourself for the sake of compatibility because you probably put your high compatible partner on a pedestal. I've done this multiple times. I'll even admit that I put Andy Andrea on a pedestal. It was very beta of me. I regret doing it. I'll never do it again. I learned a valuable lesson. I'm very thankful for having that relationship with her as short-lived as it was. We never had sex. We only went out on one date. And I maintain that she, you know, tried to harm me uh, personally on multiple occasions. But I learned some extremely valuable lessons that helped me develop ways of living for my introverted sensing self and uh, help me develop personal standards and higher personal boundaries. And as a result, I'm a better person. Also, that pain in my life has enabled me to help other people there. But I had my friends who, who had super high camaraderie with me at the time, who were in my own quadra, come up to me and tell me that I was being an idiot for being in a relationship with a woman like that. And I'm very thankful because they were like, oh, you're being, you're, you know, um, we're not going to enable you. You're in a codependent situation. You need to get out. You're putting her on a pedestal. No man should be putting any woman on a pedestal. That's bullshit. You need to seriously get out of that situation. It's very unhealthy. And I'm very thankful they did. It was awesome. And I'm so thankful to have friends like that who have been there for me consistently, right? And it's no different for anyone else. Uh, really, it's no different. So, and that's the value. That's the true value of cognitive asynchronicity. It really helps you come to understand yourself in a different way. And like I said, you know, you really want to identify, you know, people around you who are your own type and hopefully they're more successful than you are. Hopefully they're older than you are. Obviously, you should not have a sexual relationship with someone who is, uh, you know, a comrade or has high camaraderie with you. You shouldn't do that. Uh, that's like horrible. It's like having two painters trying to paint each other or having two canvases just standing there staring at each other in a room. There's nothing happening. You need one painter, a.k.a. an expert sensor, and one canvas, one introverted sensor, to have an amazing sexual relationship. You're not going to find that in cognitive asynchronicity. You will find that in cognitive synchronicity, also known as compatibility. And I outline what that looks like in uh, Season 5. Uh, it's called Cognitive Synchronicity Season 5. It's a playlist here on this YouTube channel, or you can find it on the podcast in any which way, uh, etc. You can also learn a lot more about that on the Cutting Edge podcast, which is available to members at csjoseph.life forward slash members. It's only $29 a month, and I'm telling you folks, there is years, literally years of content in there. Good luck trying to consume that all in a month. I don't think you'll be able to. Even if you cherry-picked things that you think are relevant to you, everything is relevant to you. Even if it's not talking about your own type, it really is actually relevant to you. So all you INTJs out there, or you NTJs out there, all you... NI users out there who just want to cherry pick and just, oh, I just, or, or all you FI users out there, you know, it's like, oh, I'm only going to figure out what's relevant for me. Actually, 100% of all of the content I produce is relevant to you because if it's relevant to somebody else, that could affect you later. Hashtag consequences. Maybe you should, like, you know, be aware of that, especially, like, you know, if you're a wayfarer. But 
with that being said, oh, and if you don't know what a Wayfarer is, like, learn Quadras, folks. Go to Season 17. Watch that playlist. Like, seriously, I have that information there. Learn what Quadras are. There are Templars, which are STP, NFJ types. There are Wayfarers, who are NTJ, SFP types. Then there are uh, Crusaders, which is me, uh, SFJ or NTP types. I'm an NTP, so I'm a Crusader, right? And then there are the uh, Philosophers, which are STJ, um, NFP types, okay? Understand what it means to be these quadras. And if you want to have a good uh, rant-filled lecture, go check out my Season 17 episodes about the quadras, and you get to listen to me rant about each of those for an hour, and it's pretty hilarious. So anyway, the point is, it's super, it's super important to understand these dichotomies. Socionics will get will try to tell you that you know these polar opposites, opposites attract. This is really good for your sexual relationships. No, that's wrong. But it is great for learning. It's really great for you to engage in mastery. Again, follow the Tony Robbins model. Interview or get to know other people who are super successful and utilize their techniques and strategies in your own life so you can be a successful tool. However, what I would say, take that another step. Find people who have the same cognitive functions as you, so people within your own quadra, or find people of your same type, basically, and then come to learn and understand from them. Become their student. You, all of you out there, if you're watching this video, you need to humble yourself and get yourself to the point where you're willing to be a student, okay? Become a student, become who you are, etc. as a student, and then as a result of understanding that and, and coming to know yourself in that way, you might like actually be able to be successful in life a lot faster. Why? Well, guess what? The nuclear family, there's not enough psyches available in the nuclear family. If you have two parents and maybe a brother and a sister or something, that's not enough psychology for you to learn anything. You need to be surrounded, as a child, you need to be surrounded of, by adults consistently of all of the 16 types because you will develop faster. Why does it take men till 27 to develop when they used to develop at 15? It's because there's a lack of um, psyches available to them growing up. And it takes a lot longer for people to reach manhood, womanhood, all these things. On top of the fact that the cult of the mature masculine and the cartel of the mature feminine basically no longer exist in culture nowadays, which makes it even worse. However, in, you know, in the past, hundreds of years ago, etc., People had really, really big families. They had the benefit of having all these different psychologists around them. They would learn a lot faster, which means that they were able to be fully grown mentally by the time they are 14, 15 years old. And that was normal, and that was consistent. And they were respected as such, okay? But you won't find that today. So what you have to do now is you, in order for you to be successful, in order for you to fast-track yourself to the way to success and personal growth in your life, what you have to do is find people with high camaraderie. Find people who have cognitive asynchronicity with you and humble yourself to the point where you are willing to listen. Listening means, you know, like Templars assume that listening means, oh, you know, if you're listening to me, you're hearing me and you're doing what I say. That's what listening means, listening to them, you know, basically. Even though I like to think that listening is more of just, just hearing and not necessarily doing, etc. So, like, there's, there's a colloquialism in there but uh, with the colloquial language, etc. And please, folks, if you don't understand like the words that I'm saying, please bother to go to dictionary.com and like look up the word colloquial. It basically means generally accepted use of words that may not necessarily be dictionary accurate. When I speak words, 
I try at least 80% of the time to make sure that I am following the actual dictionary de definitions. And no, I'm not a fan of Webster's. I think Webster's sucks. I prefer dictionary.com uh, personally. I think uh, Webster's has like a lot of these interpolated bullshit definitions for words. And I think changing the definitions of words over time to fit uh, the uh, primary social order of the society is absolute bullshit. So like, don't do it. Um, anywho, uh, so extroverted sensing versus introverted intuition. Extroverted sensors try to, you know, SE parents, SE heroes, try to maximize, um, you know, learning how to take risks, their NI, so that they can have awesome stories to tell, to create shared experiences, to gain and mine positive reactions from other people. Whereas in high introverted intuitives, they're trying to like not give people a bad experience so that they can exercise more of their personal freedom. They're worried about creating bad consequences for other people. So they, they really, really highly value their personal freedom. So they're, they're less willing to give other people a bad experience because they want people to stick around, etc. Uh, so then they end up, you know, utilizing their personal freedom kind of in a more responsible or even a secretive manner because they don't want to be off-putting to other people. Whereas SPs, they just don't care about that. You know, let the chips fall where they may, basically. And it's important that these that these two different users come together like within a quadra or of their own types, you know, their identity types, etc. If you want to learn more about identity types, go to typelogic.com, scroll to the bottom, click identity, you can learn more about that. Typelogic.com was a tool that my mentors utilized uh, to teach me uh, type years and years and years ago. It's still around. I'm very happy that we're web server is still up at that extremely old website, but it is definitely relevant still. I don't exactly agree with their typings of the various celebrities listed each there, but I really like how typelogic.com uh, emphasizes the different relationships between each of the 16 types, etc. Um, although what they maintain is highest compatibility, what they maintain is your companion type, I disagree with. I think your contrast is actually uh, your highest compatibility, which is, you know, your golden pair, etc. So, uh, so with that um, being said, understand that, you know, like these are how SI or SE users and NI users uh, interact in the world, and they're on an axis with one another, and we already explained the axis, we already explained the quadra, and they are have this growth track. The thing is, is that guys, you know, if you go out of your life and you try to like collect a bunch of compatible people but don't have camaraderie people, it's like you're creating an echo chamber for yourself. It's like you're sur surrounding yourself with compatible people is like having a group of yes men enabling everything that you're doing. You need to have a group of asynchronous people or high camaraderie people so you have people that are willing to tell you no. For example, on the CSJ team, I have my operations guy, he's an ISFJ, uh, he tells me no all the time. And I really appreciate and value his challenge because he keeps me from making some of the stupidest mistakes that you would ever imagine. And people are like, well, wait a minute, Mr. C.S. Joseph, I see you doing a lot of crazy, you know, effed up stuff all the time. I'm like, yeah, definitely. But you have no idea the even worse things that this ISFJ in my life has stopped me and prevented me from doing. So you have no clue. Okay, you have no clue, like, whatsoever. So, yeah. You think what I do already is, is bad, huh? huh? Just wait till you see what really is going on. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so the point is, is that these people can benefit from one another. As long as they're willing to humble themselves, um, the extroverted sensors can really teach the NI users, um, so SE parents, SE heroes, 
they teach the anti parents and I hears how to perform better so that those people are able to not be so afraid and have performance anxiety and people will be more willing to stick around, etc. And then they'll be able to exercise their personal freedom as a result. Whereas um, the NI users, the NI parents and NI heroes teach the extroverted sensors to realize that there are consequences to their actions, to get them to realize that you know performance isn't everything, to get them to realize that you can make the right choices, you can be responsible with your choice, you can be really good with your freedom of choice, you can manage your freedom of choice appropriately so that you're not creating negative consequences for other people so you don't find your ass locked up in jail, basically. That's what high NI users do for the high SE users. So folks, make sure you're going out of your way to have these relationships, these high camaraderie relationships. Because if you're not, you are literally shooting yourself in the foot, okay? Yes, it's hard to have camaraderie relationships. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it, it has conflict. Yes, you're going to suffer. But folks, here's the thing. The only way for you to gain wisdom, and wisdom is the most costly substance in the cosmos, in order for you to have wisdom, okay, you have to suffer. Nobody can comfort anybody into wisdom. And compatibility is for comfort, it's for support, it's for enablement. But camaraderie is the opposite of that. It's all about making sure you are not being enabled. It's all about making sure that you are challenged. It's all about making sure that you're not being codependent. It's all about making sure that you are being responsible. It's about emphasizing respectability, whereas compatibility is about emphasizing love and friendship, right? It's like love and respect, right? That's what that means. This is why men typically have high camaraderie with each other, whereas women tend to you know, go more towards uh, a high level of compatibility in that area within, the state, within their lives. I'm not necessarily talking about their type, I'm talking about nurture, not nature in that, in that model. Um, so, so yeah, keep that in mind and then SE users, just humble yourself, be willing to learn and become students of high NI users so you can learn how to exercise your freedom of choice without creating bad circumstances for other people around you so that you're using your freedom of choice and your free will responsibly. And then NI users, look to the SE heroes and parents to learn how you can better perform so that people are loyal to you and they stick around in your life so that you aren't abandoned. This is the value of cognitive asynchronicity in your life. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, or enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and leave a comment below. Uh, we read the comments uh, and provide your feedback there. If you'd like to become a paying member of the CS Joseph uh, community to help us keep the lights on so we can keep developing amazing software and helping you understand like who you are and what everyone is around you so that you can have the best life possible, uh, please do so at csjoseph.life forward slash members. And if you want, you can also hire uh, our coaching staff at csjoseph.life forward slash coaching. So anyway, folks, all that being said, I'll see you guys tonight.